My name is Darkness Tim Curry. Welcome, if you dare. Black is pitch. Alright, so what are we talking about today? Uh, <clears throat> 80s, I don't know, 80s children fantasy movies. Yeah, um, I don't remember how this really came up, but I feel like... You wanted to explore the weird world of 80s uh, child fantasy movies. Well, I just felt like that was a super strange genre that kind of existed throughout the 80s, and I can't really think of it extending past that so successfully but then i thought about it again and i thought is that really true because i guess harry potter is also children's fantasy and was super popular through the 2000s yeah but it doesn't have the same vibe all true. these ones that we watched have like some impressive some questionable like special effects very animatronic slash puppetry slash um interesting uh costume design and like hair and makeups um where things like ha harry potter like you know even like lord of the rings were way more refined and like cgi'd and um yeah more pleasant but, to the eye <laughs> but that's that also just comes with time right i guess like right. that's the equivalent to if you remember one of the first podcasts we did which was like this the 50s epics versus like the modern day gladiator epic there's just that sort of feeling of it i I, I quote this guy all the time, or I talk about him all the time, so I feel bad about how often I bring him up. But I was reading this thing about like Tarantino's least favorite films, and he talked about how he doesn't really like Hitchcock films from the 50s, even though like a lot of people regard those as some of the best. And his argument is just, he said, they have the stink of the 50s, the same way that films in the 80s have the stink of the 80s. And oddly enough, I just completely understood what he meant there. Yeah. It was just like that 80s feeling like you know that movie is from the 80s so what these I was thinking films about, are ripe with 80s stink exactly so when i was thinking about is the 80s fantasy genre specifically like just a genre that took place during that time or has the children's fantasy continued on it's just that these 10 years of films from like 80 to 89 have such a distinct flavor that they all feel like they're their own separate genre from things like Harry Potter. It's kind of hard for me to look back and think about that now because technically Harry Potter is also a children's fantasy. Right. Yeah, I, I would say these these stand out. They're very much so their own thing. And especially in terms of like general storyline and, and pacing, all of them feel like they have the same flavor. Um, 100%. Like, where I can't really compare. Like, yes, technically speaking, they're in the same category as like a Harry Potter, but like I don't, categorize harry potter under their same umbrella because it's just it's just a totally different type of movie yeah harry potter is a more refined thing than what we were watching these and actually even the films that we watched we did way more movies than we normally do for an episode i think just because once you go down the rabbit hole of 80s fantasy you realize how many unbelievable 80s <laughs> fantasy movies there are like it's it's a crazy number of movies that were made like this um and even for like I was thinking even movies that I love kind of fall in that category. Princess Bride falls into that 80s children's fantasy sort of feeling. Like it's a bit yeah. more lighthearted than these and probably more fondly remembered for Fred Savage. But um, it is definitely the same sort of film. So True. Um, That's all human characters. A specific thing about what we watched, though, is uh, most of the characters or supporting characters in these films use... Um, like puppets. beasts or like yeah. via puppets, animatronics, um, crazy hair and makeup, etc. Yeah. So, like, let's talk about the movies that we watched. But what I also wanted to say was, you can tell just if you go down the line of when they came out, how more refined they got because we talked a little bit already about a few of them, and some of the ones I hate came out way earlier because I think they didn't know what they were doing yet. But so the ones we watched were Dark Crystal. Directed by Jim Henson, right? The Muppet Man. The Muppet Man and Frank Oz, Yoda. Yeah. Yep. Then and, and Labyrinth, also Labyrinth. by the same duo. Yes. Uh, did Frank Oz dual direct Labyrinth? I don't know if he directed it, but he's in it. Like, he does the puppeteering and voicing. 
for that. Ah, oh yeah, you're totally right. He definitely is in there. Um, and then we watched Never Ending Story, which is actually the only film out of this group that is from my childhood. Like I remember watching that movie regularly as a child. So I think that's what maybe sparked this was just I hadn't seen it in so long. I want to see it again. <laughs> I think it's been like 20 years. Um, what else was there? There was Legend. Yep. Uh, the Tom Cruise film, and um, what was her name? Mia Sarah. Uh, is that her real name? Yeah. Yeah, she, who she, is famous from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And that's like literally it. Yeah, but I always had a huge crush on her in Ferris Bueller's, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Same. And uh, Tim Curry, famous for uh, obviously Home Alone 2, the original It, uh, and Clue. A great f- Which one? Clue. Clue and Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yep. Uh, and he's fantastic, actually. I would recommend that movie for him alone. You're totally right. Yeah, he, he is well worth He is He is the movie. He is the movie. So, and then, did we watch any others? No, that was it, And right? Return to oh, Oz. Return to Oz, which I just finished this morning. Yes. And that is a, that is a crazy film. It's a, I did not enjoy my time watching it. All right, so let's let's yeah, first so let's... go through like what makes these that their own genre. Like what like we were talking about specifically why they all felt like they could have been sequels of each other or just another same telling of the same story. What are the quintessential like themes that you felt? Uh all all of them, I guess technically except for Turn to Oz, they feel like they all take place in like well, uh, yeah, Never Ending Story. So Never Ending Story and Return to Oz, I would put in the same sort of timeline where like takes place in the present present day of like where the where the main characters from and they they transport to like same thing in a totally another though. world. Yeah, 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 that's true. Okay, so literally all so all of them except <laughs> except Legends and Dark Crystal. Those two very much so take place in their own, own world. Like own but the world. world feels like it could be the exact same world in every single movie. Maybe not Oz because Oz is like so well known from uh, the film and from, um, what was his name? Frank Bams? Frank Bams? Who wrote uh, the original Wizard of Oz? No, I do not know. Wizard of Oz writer, I think his name is, yeah, L. Frank Bam, Bam something like that. Uh, anyways, yeah, they all feel like they could take place in the same sort of fantasy world. The other thing that I noticed immediately is that because they're for children, they deal with such a uh, such a clear definition of good and evil. And yes. honestly, a good and evil that needs to exist kind of in tandem with each other. So uh, in you know, Dark Crystal, it turns out that the I forget their names, the 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 dudes oh. who look like turtles. Um, not the Turtle. Skeksis, uh, oh. the other ones. I was going to say, the, pretty sure they're birds. Um, no, th- yeah, the Skeksis are the evil guys who run the Dark, uh, who, like, are the emperors and run the Dark Crystal. It's the ones that raise, um, the lead character, the, the fucking puppet. I just could not stand. It's why I hated that movie ugly, so ugly much. puppet. Didn't even that, move his mouth. Dude, that was, I thought for, at first it was a tiny child. Yeah, I honestly and, thought that too. Like before I watched the movie, I always thought it was just Jenny. like super weird, uh, like makeup on a guy. And then I yeah, was no, very too. wrong. His name is Jen. Yes. And he's a Gelfling raised by, yeah, already the names just also annoy me a little bit. This movie is <laughs> a Gelfling. Um, I can't uh, the, remember. The Mystics? The maybe the mystics, yeah, I think it is, yeah. The leader of the mystics, yeah, raises the Gelfling, yeah. So at the end of that film, the Skeggsies and the mystics, or at least the way I read it, become one again. Like, because the crystal was shattered, they they separated as races, like one purely good but couldn't do anything and one purely evil but had a lot of power. And then at the end, they kind of, you see them kind of grow together and then become those, like, light beings. So mm-hmm. each of these films deals with this, like, good and evil have to exist together. Maybe not Oz, but the rest of them really do have that, I think. What do you think? Yeah, I agree, especially Legend as well. Yeah. Same sort of thing. Yeah, they they very clearly outline like the good versus evil. Yeah. Uh, also, I didn't that- realize, maybe I just was paying attention in the beginning, that 
the Dark Crystal just like takes place on a totally another planet. I'd never yeah. I'd process that. Well, I feel like that's why fantasy and sci-fi are always kind of warped into one category because you could really just set all this fantasy shit on another planet and it becomes sci-fi, right? Yeah. Um, I think another theme is it's always well, coming a child. Of age. Yeah, coming of age. It's always a child that has to like save the day. And it's also the easiest way for, I think, the audience to get into the story. That's why I think Dark Crystal was the worst because I was waiting actually when I started it for the ch- the child's introduction, but then it turns out to be this annoying fucking puppet, <laughs> and I just don't care about the puppet at all. No. I hate the dude. The puppets love scenes reminded Ugh. me directly out of Team America. I was like, this is like the this yeah, but is it's exactly funny in what, Team America. <laughs> yeah, but this is exactly what they're making fun of, like because nobody wants to watch puppets holding each other in the, like their arms and like oh so cute these two like last surviving puppets. Well, I'm not remotely attracted to. Um, no, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That was that was just awful. The only good thing about Dark Crystal was um was one it had to be Frank Oz's because it sounded so much like Yoda the whole time. True. <laughs> that that one <laughs> out that one outcast. What? Stop that. That's and then the other thing was, I think the Skeggsies were a pretty cool design, but other than that, that movie was trash. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, I I very much view that movie as, if it was a book, it'd probably be pretty good. But as a movie, it's terrible. But I, I, I've had, um, for a lot of these movies, I, and maybe it's like the dusty flavor of 80s storytelling with this type of genre, but I wouldn't say I loved most of these movies. Um, and the main reason is because at the beginning, it's usually pretty good. Uh, I'll get into it. Like, you know, the adventure we're about to go on in this film. And then usually the ending, you, uh, I, I enjoy, but the middle, like the adventure for a lot of these, especially dark crystal was just boring. It's bland and legend. I thought felt that about legend too. Like the actual course of events and the characters that meet along the way serve like a little to no purpose they're just like plot figures rather than like actual characters like in labyrinth every character that she meets along her journey become a friend of hers and have a personality and i liked all of them but I that's think just not the case with a lot of these movies i totally agree with you actually it's funny because we've been talking about outside of the podcast but even a little bit last week in the podcast um that i'm not a fantasy guy but yet i'm the one who said let's <laughs> do this fantasy thing and i think it's because the same the same argument i totally agree bipolar with you. motherfucker no <laughs> i these these films, I get exhausted of them very quickly. In fact, to watch five of them, like we did, I think we watched five, was yep. extremely tiring. Like, At least they're short. Yeah, that's the thing. At least they're children's films, so they're short. But if I had to watch five long fantasy movies like this, I would just get sick of them. Yeah. Unless it's a continuing story like Harry Potter, maybe I could sit there for a marathon, but even then, not sure. And it kind of just brings me back to the point I was making, is like when it's done right... I think it is one of the coolest films you could watch, but on the, but all in all, it's actually really hard to nail because mm-hmm. the issue I was having was the same thing. The story be like the opening of the story. Let's take legend. For example, amazing. I love I, that intro. The intro is just fantastic. It's yeah. just, it's creepy. It's dark. Tim Curry's unbelievable. But I mean, what really stands out is his leader of the goblins who just reminds me of some like like literal like an orc from lord of the rings just totally terrifying for a child yeah um and up until honestly the whole world becomes ice i thought it was pretty cool like i was really into it a little bit like get me into the story tell me like the the like the backstory a little bit the unicorns threw me off remind me of that uh charlie horse video from youtube long long ago great video (laughs) yeah um but then in the middle to make the journey feel like it has stakes and it's dangerous and it's like it's worth the trouble of them going through, you know, that's really hard to nail every time. Like that's why Lord of the Rings is so spectacular because I don't feel like there's a boring piece really. Maybe the Frodo and Sam stuff, but like the actual heroic like Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli story is just constant stakes, battles, stakes, battles, and each one feels like it means something or it's worth it. Where these movies, they they build you up. They tickle your nuts, and then they just like stop, you know. Uh, like to, whoa, 
<laughs> yeah, like touch both uh, balls, we're out of here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and I felt that definitely. You're right with Legend. Um, I felt that with um, Dark Crystal. Um, honestly, I thought Dark Crystal started out really cool because the Skeksis are such evil-looking, like crazy bird creatures. In fact, the one that's like dying. Uh, mm-hmm. the emperor who's dying when they go to reach for his scepter and he comes up and he's like mine right like I was like <laughs> oh this is such a good representation of evil and power and like how power corrupts it was so sick but the middle is just so fucking boring yeah uh, it, yeah really bad and I did I did like the end the dark crystal like just like probably like the last like 10 minutes I, I enjoyed but yeah I could have saved myself an hour <laughs> watching that film um, we really haven't touched upon the one that made me want to do this because I think I actually watched it just to to remember it at first and then pitched the idea. But never ending story. How did you feel about that one? Uh, I liked it. I'd say it's my second favorite of the bunch. It's uh, it's not that boring in the middle for sure, and I do think some of the effects are some of the best effects I've seen in all of, all of the films we were watching. Yeah, it's a it's a well made film. Uh, yeah, th- there's some parts of it where I'm. Like scratch my head, like okay, not really necessary, or like just like it was just kind of odd. Like um, what? What? I mean, the at the end where when Bastion finally enters the world, and it's just like five minutes of him going, "Wow!" Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, I get it, dude. You're here. So they didn't here's... give him any other direction; just keep saying, "Yeah." <laughs> Here's here's the thing that's interesting about that one. It's definitely not my favorite out of the ones, even though I thought it might be because I loved it so much as a kid. The ending is what lets you down. Yeah, it's n- like the the beginning is awesome. Like because again, it beginning is depressing their... too. <laughs> the, be- the beginning's depressing, but it is just you watching a boy like get so sucked into a story that he can't he can't let it go. But it turns out he's part of that story too. It's it's really engaging, but the mm-hmm. story itself is also awesome. Yeah. Um, I forget the I forget the um, Atreyu. Yeah, Atreyu's character, his journey, all the stuff he has to go through, fighting Gamork, and um, you know, meeting Falcor, the weird pet pedo dragon. Um, you know, yeah, that was another one. I was like, dude, how did this fly? And I think that just ages wrong. I don't think that, dude. I don't... And literally, the way they made his face look during that whole conversation looked like he just came and it's is having I, pillow it's a German, talk. It's a, it's a German book. I mean, you know, just leave it be. It is what it is. It's a dog. It's a guy cuddling with his dog. You know, isn't it a dragon? Yeah, but he looks like a dog, so it's cute. Actually, um, wait. Yeah, I remember thinking that he was a like a flying dog, and then I find out he's. Night. He's not a dog. He's like part dragon and part like lizard or something. Like totally off what I yeah, assumed yeah, completely. he was. Yeah, he looks like a dog, but it's he's a dragon and something uh, else. It's like a dragon and something else. But the effects of that movie, I think, were some of the strongest I saw. The rock yeah. monster was great. The the true sort of you know just fear of the nothing. Like it, like mm-hmm. it's basically a representation of death. Just like nothing. It's not evil. It's just nothing. Right? Is so great. All of it's awesome. The horse dying is probably the only thing that brings me to serious tears. Still, <laughs> yeah, was, it's so emotional. They drew it's that hard, out dude. too. They really drew that out. Yeah, they make you really sit in that. Like you, you have to watch this kid try his hardest to get his horse out, and you just see the horse up to his neck and eyes, and you're like, dude, this is brutal. If I was like a child again, I can see why that hit me so hard as a kid. Yeah. Um all of that was just really great. The the weird gnomes I really liked. Hey, uh mm-hmm. the soundtrack is awesome. Everything. Yeah, the theme song is a banger. It's like it is a b- I could I could see that being played at like a European like club. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And then you get to the end and like it they they just switch out Bastion for Atreyu. They don't really give Atreyu a satisfying uh ending. You just well, see he him just, kind he's of he's back with the horse. I know, but and he waves. It, he it. waves. He's through the fields with the horse. So, like, what type of hero was he? We just see him kind of like get sidelined for Bastion as the true hero, which is um, also and, weird because you'd think that they would meet, like they would be together yeah. to resume this journey. Exactly. Like all of those, all, the ending just felt so abrupt to me. Like 
it just ends with Bastion chasing down those bullies with Falcor and like Atreyu back with his horse, which as a kid, you don't even register it's the same horse, you know? Yeah, so yeah, no true. wonder it still was so sad. Like it's not even that satisfying because he doesn't even say like my horse is back or something like very clear. that It, it is me, Atreyu. I'm on my horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was like, I agree with you, probably my second favorite because at the end, the, the ending just felt abrupt and rushed and not really... Uh, well, it's supposed to be the time. first half of the book. But really? it was weird. Yeah. So like weird history with this movie or with this story in the film world. So like I don't I tried to look it up because so the only never ending story I watched prior to this was the sequel, which came out in like I think the nineties. You got it on DVD one time and I came over and you're like, we have to watch this. I love the never ending story. I was like, but I never saw the first one. He goes, that's fine. You don't need to. And we watched it. I was like, this is awful. As a kid, I said that to myself. Um, and like, and that was it. I never bothered to watch the first one or look into it until like this moment. And then, and then I find out while watching the first one that the, every single person, actor, writer, director, even might even be production company to be honest with you that's involved with the second one had zero involvement with the first one and then they made a third one in like the late 90s that is not even like in tandem with the book it's a very original story that's also god awful apparently oh, so wow. like they made the first half of the book like the original german rock stars who came together to put this film together and uh, to my knowledge they never had plans to to make the second one they were stopping at the first one and then like the studio whoever had rights to it was like well we got to finish the story i mean you can just so of, weird you can kind of feel that but if they never had plans on finishing it anyways it's no excuse for them just ending it so like abruptly like we don't get there's there's just not enough satisfying things that happen you don't see him reconnect with his father who doesn't understand his uh his obsession with books like we just never well, see how the dad could he? Again. he's literally in the story <laughs> i know but like that's the thing like you never get that you never get the satisfaction of seeing a you back with his horse um that, what was his horse's name fat facts or something like that facts yeah his horse's name was something i can't remember anymore um so it was absolutely, I think, my favorite one up until the ending. And then I didn't think anything would beat it because I ended up watching, like, uh, Dark Crystal. Uh, I think I watched that and then Labyrinth. I can't remember anymore. But they were all just kind of, like, worse than NeverEnding Stories. So then I thought, okay, NeverEnding Story is probably the best version of what they're trying to do here. And then I saw Labyrinth, and I was pleasantly surprised that that was a fantastic movie and in fact i would Me go too. back and watch that again like that's Me a film too. that i will show my kids like that was awesome i love that movie but before yeah. we get into labyrinth because I, d I did really love that one i other other things that are so odd to me like and about never ending story it's honestly it's a pretty typical 80s trope i think i, I don't know if it's that it's definitely in labyrinth a little bit but it's uh, but I saw it the most in Never Ending Story in terms of the movies we watched. There is something about '80s movies where the kid is the main character who's living like a not so great life, where they hammer on like they they go overboard with like everything that's bad about his life. Like they make his dad the biggest douchebag piece of shit who couldn't give a single shit about his son. They make the bullies like they're that passionate about ruining. Bastion's day that they follow him all around the alleyways and throw him in a dumpster and wait for him to come out <laughs> of the dumpster to make sure he stays in that dumpster like he can't he's got no friends in school like nobody likes him or talks to him like it's not until he can escape to the apparent attic in the school to read this book and he's there the entire day like literally until nighttime and not even his dad we never see his dad be like hey where's, where's my kid where's my kid we should find him <laughs> So You're so just, right. Like I just hit over the head with like borderline depression I mean, watching this kid's like, life. That's 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 every kind of movie where the hero has to be some like geek or like you know in betweener, uh, and they have to like and they have to like kind of overcome their their fears or odds or like become the hero. I mean, but the it's movie like it's just be... such a, like a it's just such a it's also an early nineties thing too, about, especially with Disney about, movies where they just yeah, they just hit you over the down. head with like this Dude, sad shit. 
in Peter Pan, the dad is like that to all the kids. Remember? Or like uh, Hocus Pocus, they're new to town, they're from L.A., and they moved to Salem, which is insane. Um, but uh, the, the his, he has to give his shoes to the bullies, and he's not liked in school, and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's always oh, just shoes, like... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's always just... like I, I recently watched. Have you ever watched the movie Heavyweights? No, it's an old '90s Disney movie with uh, the young Keenan Thompson and and Ben Stiller. Uh, it's about a fat camp, and like Ben Stiller is the new owner of this fat camp, and he like basically puts tries to put them through like boot camp. <laughs> um, it is it's a funny movie, but the beginning about our main character, the fat kid. They really hammer in the fact that he is fat and can do like borderline nothing, and like no one has faith in him because he is so fat. Yeah, that's just like a classic movie trope. But I will say, like maybe Never Ending Story took it to a level that was just like you said, so depressing. It's not even that his teachers like him. Like there's nothing redeeming about his life except the fact that like the cute princess tells him that he needs to like give her a name or something and yeah. she's not even real like <laughs> <laughs> all his friends aren't real uh yeah i don't know i just i remember i told you this and i wanted to talk about it a little bit but that movie because i saw it when i was like seven and i used to watch that religiously like you know the type of film when you're a kid that you, your parents just put on over and over and over again because you're bored and they need to put something on before they could just hand you a tablet um, so I had it on VHS and it was just like completely worn out. So I must've seen that movie 50 times as a child, if not more. And I haven't seen it in 20 years. It, when you watch something so much like that, when you're young and impressionable, you can't really understand the story, but you do have these crazy empathic, like, emotions with certain scenes. Like you see something and then your body just feels something because of that. And so the the trippy thing watching this was I didn't actually remember any elements of the story because, again, it's been 20 years. And when you're that young, you don't even really know what the story is. Like, it's difficult for you to understand or grasp, you know, the concept of plot structure. Mm -hmm. um, but you can feel things. So I'm watching it as an adult and I'm I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I, I literally feel something like at like that I felt 20 years ago, like this weird deja vu. Like, I can't tell you why I'm feeling this, but I remember feeling like cold in this scene. And then that scene came on and it was like when Atreyu's climbing through the mud and he's getting sneezed on and he's just got mud and snot and shit all over him and he's like cold. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I, I'm watching the trailer. I'm like, I'm, I'm telling you, I remember this scene just felt really icy and cold to me. And then we watch it. I'm like, see, I fucking told you he's <laughs> cold and he's in the mud. And the one that it really... This is probably super embarrassing to admit, but it's definitely good podcast material. The one that it really hit me with was uh, in the trailer, because I watched the trailer beforehand, there's a scene with the sphinxes shooting the lasers out of their eyes and like sh killing someone. And I uh -huh. looked at Dom and I go, I weirdly remember that turning me on. And she's like, what? And I'm like, I, I was like six. So, I mean, I didn't like, didn't get like a full fucking raging boner. I just mean like, <laughs> I felt like some like, like horniness, probably comparable to how most young boys felt when they first saw Return of the Jedi and Carrie Fisher's in that like golden bikini. And you don't know why you like that scene so much, but that scene makes you feel a little something or other, right? And I'm telling her, I'm like, there's something about that Sphinx fucking scene, man. There's something about it that made me feel that, that feeling, that weird, like, uh, uh, indescribable, um, like horniness and then we watch it and you know exactly why right no you don't like yeah i mean what yeah, i mean they got boobs but like yeah, but they give the they get okay so they have boobs but they give the sphinxes nipples and there's i've literally read articles on why some german dude thought it was a good idea to design these like big breasted sphinxes with actual nipples like that was that's the thing that's weird in the kids movie yeah, I mean, I, I I I watched that scene and I I felt nothing. Well, of course, you're a 27 year old man. I didn't I know, feel anything like, now. Yeah, but I mean, you know, there's there's the um, you know the I don't know empathy you could call it of being like I get where you're coming from. I when that scene popped up, I was like, I don't know where he got that from. <laughs> Thank you.
lot of things in these kids' movies that are questionable. I mean, like, another thing, too, is, like, I get the the making the main characters in most of these movies, like, human human children under the age of 18 going on these adventures, etc., because it's for, it's for kids. It's for people of that age. But do you think that I feel like they should have thought about a little bit more is the fact that in some of these movies, the villain who is very much so like pushing, for, pushing 40 is yeah. trying to like essentially marry one of like the, like the females who are of the age of 16 and under. And well, it's just like, yeah, that we don't need that. Maybe, maybe different, think that one through. Different times. I don't know. I don't know how to describe that. Like, it's, but it's yeah. technically it's not different times. Like, it's well, still it's like forty 80, fuck. It's forty. Yeah, but it's still eighties Hollywood. Like, pedophilia was very much so frowned upon. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, look, it was just. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't agree with it, but I also think like it was people just had less sensitivity to that stuff than they do now not rightfully so it's definitely better yeah. now i don't want people doing that but no it just if you're gonna it's watch, just like if you're gonna think, watch it's it, just reading that or like watching this unfold watching a a devilish tim curry trying to wife up mia sarah who's so, supposed to be like 16 and be like yes that's that's yes. a that's that actually was the one that bothered me less the one that bothered me more was um Sarah, uh, Jennifer Connelly, and yeah, and then Labyrinth, yeah, with and Labyrinth Bowie. because she's actually fifteen or sixteen yeah. when she played the role. Like Mia Sarah, I think was twenty, twenty-one. It's still yeah, not probably fucking awesome, but she was like an adult. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's fair. Same with same thing with Star Wars. Like they sexualized Princess Leia, and she's supposed to be like eighteen, twenty years old. But at least Carrie Fisher was like twenty-three, twenty-four. Like you know what I mean? It's just a little better than yeah. if they they got someone actually her age. Oh, also, oh. just a, a sidebar and a quick fun fact that I just remembered. Mia Sarah um, is married to Jim Henson's son, uh, Brian Henson. So, really? talk about full circle. Oh, look uh, at that. With also, this theme. It's also different to me because I can separate out the devil from being an aged or timely character than I could like a guy. A, you know like what I mean? Like a goblin de- king yeah, man. Like a, a go- yeah, a man who's called the goblin king who looks like a man versus like the devil is just an out of time creature. Like he he doesn't have an age. He Let whatever he conscious. is. Yeah. Like and I was looking at him I was like I can see why some girl be attracted to that. Look look at that man. He's buff. You see that chin? <laughs> Those horns? <laughs> Did you see those horns? Those I tell you what though, that was probably one of my favorite costume designs was in Legend. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, it like was he steals great. the show. Just he really does. Overall. Overall. But now, now we can move on to Labyrinth. In fact, I would want to just say before we even get in there, combine Tim Curry in uh in Legend with Labyrinth and replace him with David Bowie. And I love David Bowie, but make Tim Curry the bad guy in Labyrinth. Hundred percent would have been a like just that much better of a movie would have been awesome. Agreed. Even though yeah. I love I love David Bowie and I like the singing and dancing in Labyrinth, obviously because I love musicals. I I don't know like David Bowie as a bad guy was just hard to buy for me. The hard the only hard part to buy. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. Um, maybe making him out to be sinister and wanting to essentially hold a baby hostage and want to kill him and turn him into a goblin. I don't buy David Bowie ever having those uh, fetishes. Yeah. Um, but the way he plays the character, I think, works very well in the sense that he is kind of like a trickster and kind of a dick. True. As opposed yeah. to like just pure evil. And he's, he did a great job for not. He did a great job. I really, yeah. I really liked it. I. I think I just got distracted by his outfit. Those pants, man, were throwing Dude, me the fuck off. Penis forward pants. Yeah, all you could see okay. was his bulge while he's talking to fifteen year old. I, I couldn't. Couple. I couldn't stand like, like at least counteract that with a cup. Like it go full bulge that actually make it his bulge. You know what I mean? Or they should have puppeteered it so it moved around. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you're right. He didn't do a bad job. I just feel like it was more awkward for me with the scenes with him and Sarah. Because he's and way I, more flirting than yeah. he is like um, I don't know. No. It also 
Also, Labyrinth being my favorite one did have my least favorite line out of any of these movies. What line? It's just such a throwaway one, but I fell asleep watching it, so I had to watch it again the next day, and I rewound it too far back, so I had to hear it twice, and I was like, God, that line fucking sucks. <laughs> and it's now stuck in my head. So when she first gets in the labyrinth, she just goes, well, come on, feet. I'm like, God <laughs> damn it, that line's so bad. Oh, it's I remember so, that line. That was awful. so, so stupid. It's, yes, I know you have to walk. You don't need to tell me you need to walk. They're probably just like, uh, it's like, all right, you, you got to like say something, motivate yourself. Like, we'll, we'll leave it up to you. Say whatever you think feels natural. Come, come on, feet. Fuck that. <laughs> I don't care, man. We're all on coke. Just, just do it. Just do it. I do really like, um, I do really like the set design though. And the, the goblin characters in Labyrinth reminded me a lot of like, uh, Alice through the looking glass, Alice in Wonderland type of uh, dystopia story. And I really, really like that. Mm hmm. Yeah. Agreed. But yeah. Um, yeah. Like Never Ending Story, this is one where uh, all the characters that she becomes, she befriends along the way, like they they put a lasting impression on me. Like 100%, I, I, yeah. I, I recognize their, their faces. Most of most of their names, um, I, I was entertained by all of them. Where yeah. I just can't say the same, like especially like Legend, like everyone who was with Tom Cruise throughout his journey, I don't remember. I they're don't just, care. They're just so Brown, like, Brown Bottom was one of their names. Yeah, and uh, and Knucklehead. I don't fucking know. I don't remember. Brown he was Bottom a knucklehead. and Knucklehead. Um, no, but agreed. Like her characters. Oh man, what were their names again? Hoggle uh, was the Hog goblin that she was friends with. Yes. Yeah. And then, um, what was the big, Hogger. like, hairy creature guy? He, like, didn't say words. What was his name? Ludo? Is that it? Yeah, Ludo. Ludo and then the little knight. Yeah, oh, he was great. I right. Who rode the, little... the dog? Sir didn't miss... Yeah, oh, he was great. Uh, yeah, Sir Dimas was the best. I really enjoyed him. Yeah, you're totally right. Like the character, also just a classic archetype. No wonder they eventually made Return to Oz in this style of film. That they like the lead character needs to meet three companions that mm -hmm. will eventually help her, help her or him, but most of the cases actually her complete the journey. It's all just Wizard of Oz at some point or another. It's basically that story. Yeah, that's a it's a foundational story. Exactly because I also in. In uh, Never Ending Story, uh, Bastion, I guess because he's reading a book, he doesn't meet the characters, but it is like uh, Atreyu, Falcor, uh, the gnomes that yep. help him. And then, obviously, in Wizard of Oz, she meets, um, God, and not Wizard of Oz, sorry, Return to Oz. Those characters just sucked. Jack, Jack. the Pumpkinhead. Awful. Gom, or whatever his name was. Um uh, the 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 beast that she creates, uh, monstrosity, <laughs> <she laughs> so dude. <laughs> and um, then the TikTok, TikTok, yeah, TikTok, um, Jack, and the, the original TikTok, original TikTok. Oh, yeah, those are all like, um, fun fact about TikTok: the voice of TikTok is the same actor who plays Admiral Akbar in Star Wars. Really? Yeah. That's funny. Only uh, reason um, I know that is because his headshot on IMDb is Admiral Akbar. <laughs> That's so funny. But I will say that, yeah, so in Labyrinth, the three characters she meets were definitely the most impressionable. I could live without Ludo, but I liked ha uh, Hoggle and I liked uh, Sir Didymus. So his, what was his horse's name? It was a dog. Yeah, yeah. What was what was uh, his steed's name? Um, I kept was... thinking he was just riding like her dog because she thought had so a too. sheep dog. Yeah, it could have been. I don't know. Things blend together. It was very but funny. My I favorite thing about uh, Ambrosius. <laughs> Ambrosius. My favorite thing though about uh, Sir Didymus, especially during his action scenes, is noticing which cuts were puppet dog and real dog. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was yeah, so for, obvious. For, for you mean it, Ambrosius or him? No, Ambrosius. Yeah, Ambrosius. It would, puppet be, dog it would be a puppet dog, dog, then it'd be a real dog, then it'd be a puppet dog. <laughs> yeah. 
Actually, they also had that in Return to Oz with the fucking... That threw me off the most. So if you want to talk bad, like, um, special effects, the yeah, That one's King, the epitome. The Gnome King was fucking horrible because at one point he's just that sort of stop motion-y, like, clay of uh, yeah. character. And then out of they, nowhere... They couldn't, they couldn't figure out what they wanted in that movie. No, it, it, that was actually, you're totally right, it was terrible, but... Um, I rest of it, I didn't think it was that bad, but at one point I'm just like, did they just turn that guy into a, did they just make him a guy with gray all over him? I thought he was just a stone. Yeah. You know? I know, I was, I was so confused watching it. Yeah, like, I don't. I wasn't yeah. even like, it's not like I was even like dozing off or anything. I literally like lost sight of like what the hell I was watching. Yeah, they are. That's probably why these, most of these are not that rated that well. Like the only two rated really well and memorable are um, Labyrinth and A Never Ending Story. Yeah. And the Dark Crystal is on an audience uh, on the audience side. Like it got it got rebooted to a series like a couple of years ago. Mm. But like, Maybe I'll I'll miss that. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. I'm yeah. Okay. I will say what makes I cannot get over the how the scarecrow looks in Return to Oz. It's so scary. Like it's it's not scary. It's uncomfortable. Like that's the idea. That's awful. But that's kind of why I didn't mind it because I think the idea is to make it look uncomfortable. It's like a more. There's no way. Yeah, of course it is. These are like it's called a dark fantasy. Like it's trying to it's trying to be a little like uncomfortable. Yeah, but like. Even the like the Tin Man looks shoddy. He's not he's not dark and scary. He just it just looks like it just looks like they gave someone who has like one year of experience doing like costume design to put together these characters on a shoestring budget. Yeah, I don't know because I feel like I read the books when I was a kid, and I, I do think that if you look at the um, the characters in the book, this was more accurate. I just I just find it weird that the original Wizard of Oz movie had better looking and designed characters. Yeah, yeah, like, no, totally no, there's no doubt in my mind it does. It's just I think a different take. Like it was way more uh lighthearted children's type film. And this was like pretty fucking dark, man. Like this would have scared me as a child. The like what did you say right. before we even we before well, I saw it once as a kid and it scared the shit out of me, I think. <laughs> That's why I like it now. I know the concept is to make you uncomfortable. Like we were talking about it before. That's we started a Disney the film too. Which is why I also kind of like it a little bit because it's so different from any Disney film I know. That's tr- This is truly like a horror movie for children. The fucking wheelies, that's what we were talking uh, about before yeah. we started. You call they're, them nightmare fuel. Yeah, they're nightmare fuel. They're, Dude, they ugh. were terrifying. It's not uh, even. A, it's not witch. even a good. I guess for me, it's like it's not even a good terrifying. I just to me, I just it just doesn't look good, and therefore, like I don't appreciate it. Like I don't think it was done. It was executed well, especially going back to that it's a Disney movie, and yes, like eighties and nineties Disney original movies were like fairly low budget, but at the same time, like they're also they were still like you know, top dogs in the animation world and, and probably and doing a good job of special effects. I don't know. I guess you'd think they'd have a little better resources for this film. Yeah, and I wonder what the budget was for it. I know that it wasn't re- regarded very nicely. Um, like, most people did not like it, but there was there has been a cult following for it. Um, I think me and you would probably disagree the most on how we viewed that film because I thought it was very interesting that they went that way. Um. Like I didn't hate it, but there were elements of it that felt rushed. Yeah, I Damn, get, the budget. I budget also was just big. didn't like. I just didn't really care for the story that much. The so budget it's also was, that. Like I was, I was never really into it. No, I agree with you. The story was pretty trash. Also, <laughs> I hate to. Uh, sorry, I had to sneeze. Oh, um, I hate to shit on an eleven-year-old, but I really didn't think they casted as Dorothy was good. No, no, Terrible. she was just she just next to Judy Garland did not hold it up, and it was just not good. And if not they no. had, if she was more compelling of a Dorothy, it probably would have been better. I agree. But, well, going back to what I was saying about never ending, never ending story, hitting you over the head with this depressing ass like characterization, they do that in this one too. Like they're gonna give Dorothy electroshock therapy, which I know, like at the time, um was like a fairly like standard practice but like 
the, the movie portrays it as this is not right. Yeah, um, but like because well, it's the fucking eighties and it's taking place in the thirties. So right. Yeah, yeah. You know it's know. not right. But like, um, it's just like you know her parents are are doing that to their eleven year old daughter because she keeps talking about a fantasy world. Yeah, like that's insane to me. That is crazy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Whether it's I of mean, the time or not, like it's still just like to go to that level. They didn't even bother. They barely bothered with therapy. Like, yeah, she went to therapy once to basically get the approval to give her electroshock therapy. I think that what I why I like that one more, and I do want to talk about the rankings of them really quick. I think both for both of us, Labyrinth is going to be first, but um. I think maybe why I liked it a little bit more is because one, you know, I'm a huge Wizard of Oz fan. So there's already just this sort of like, I have a predisposition to enjoying a movie that takes place in Oz. I'm also currently reading, um, oh man, what's his name? McGuire, something McGuire, who wrote uh, The Life and Times of the Wicked Witch of the West uh-huh. um, right now. Um, Gregory McGuire. It's a really good book, by the way. Recommend it. So, I feel like those are reasons why I'm kind of predisposed to already liking something taking place in Oz. I'm currently reading about the Oz world, but also I see the potential. I agree that it has its faults. Like we were talking about the, like the Gnome King just looks like shit. Um, the Scarecrow and all those characters, like their mouths don't move, which was just throwing me the fuck off. Like, I mean, you could have designed those a little bit better. You know, they really just went for this sort of Halloween town looking shit. Um, also hated the chicken. Belina, yeah, that yeah, it's awful, just a ter- awful jokes. Yeah, awful and just a shitty Toto. Yeah. Um, but the point is, I was trying to make is that I can see the potential. I could see what it was trying to do. Like Oz is a really cool world if you make it dark, like a darker children's world. You know, to like, if you're a fan of Halloween or if you're a fan of sort of that like kind of like darky stuff, it's nice to have that for kids too. It doesn't all have to be like some horror adult horror films, and I think that's what they were trying to do. And it just didn't land that well, but I see the potential. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so I feel then, like I feel like that's how I feel, minus like maybe the darker elements with the Dark Crystal, where it's like I generally didn't enjoy the movie, but I like appreciate the attempt at like making this this unique or like original story, and like that has like the elements of a good. Like a good message, good themes and ideas, but just like was not executed well as a movie. So then, all right, when before we end this podcast, like coming away with some of the themes we, uh, themes that we talked about, you know, lightness and darkness, uh, usually de- dealing with a young child who has to save the day, um, kind of fault falling in the middle, but usually starting out good and ending good. Although, never ending story doesn't really do that. Never ending story just tickles your nuts a bit mate and then it just leaves you high and draw uh um, yeah (laughs) here we go (laughs) i like children all all i think (laughs) about when that came on was a skit from family guy where it's peter riding um riding the dragon dog doing the same thing and he just goes you're getting a little heavy for me fella we're going down (laughs) (laughs) um so with all those ideas in mind after probably watching the most fantasy that either of us will ever watch in our lives and probably never watching any of these again besides maybe labyrinth the never-ending story um what would you say your ranking of them is if you're going to recommend to watch and which ones to avoid all right uh i would say the top going from top to bottom Labyrinth, Neverending Story, Legend, uh, Dark Crystal, and Return to Oz. I think that ranking. I think that we are in agreement that it was. It's definitely Labyrinth, then Neverending Story, Legend, just for Tim Curry. Like you could yep. literally fast forward through everything else, but he is so good that it just makes everything better. Also, mm-hmm. a Ridley Scott film, which yep. blew my mind. And yeah. it made me think I would have liked to see Ridley Scott's Lord of the Rings. That would have been kind of cool. It would be cool. I feel like he'd... I don't know if he would do as good of a job, but it'd be interesting. Man, one day we'll do some popular movies or like our favorite movies, but I've always felt that Peter Jackson almost just got lucky. 
Like he's just, he's not that caliber of a director, but yet somehow he truly made a film that like is almost impossible. I think for any other director to make, I don't think any, anybody could have made it better. Yeah. You know that, how does that, how did that happen? Like he hit everything so perfectly and yeah. he, he probably put all knows of his eggs into the Lord of the Rings basket. And it paid off dividends, dude. Like this is a no-name guy who became like in the talks, like with the the Spielbergs and Lucases and like the Kubricks of the world. You know, like that. Like he's way up there, but he's done nothing else like that, and he probably never will again. Like literally, King Kong that most people don't even care for. And what else? Then the the Hobbits. He produces again. a lot of cool shit, but yeah, King Kong and the Hobbits, and they're terrible. District yeah. Nine was cool. I really liked that movie. Oh, he did District Nine. I like that. He movie. He didn't direct it. He didn't. I don't think he directed it. He um he produced it though. Uh, yeah, I do like that movie a lot actually. Great movie. Um, yeah. So, uh, Legend just for Tim Curry. That I would go Return to Oz first, and then Dark Crystal last. I don't think I will ever ever watch Dark Crystal again. I may return to Oz once. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I literally. I don't even know if I'd rewatch Never Ending Story. Just be, it's just not, <laughs> not that again. Not that I thought it was bad. It's just like I don't know. It's just those movies. A lot of these fall in the category of like they were good, um, but I'm not itching to return to them anytime soon. Again, maybe Labyrinth just for the because like, I really appreciated the humor. Uh, that's kind of about it for me. Like that's you know what, what would I draw me would, back to it. You know what I think would be a fun tradition because our birthdays are so close together. We should yes. just surprise each other close to each other's birthdays with a film that the other one has to watch. Like, just like I'll show up on like a Tuesday night and just be able, like with a movie. Like, I'll just bring Return to Oz and be like, it's time. <laughs> like, we have to sit and watch a terrible film that the other person doesn't want to see or something. We could do it for each other's birthdays. Like, just surprise the other person and be like, I brought you something. Like, Jaws <laughs> 4. Like you like to actually what you did for me. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> I'll get you Return to Oz on DVD. Oh, sick. And I'll buy you a poster. Yeah, I'll I'll put both of them in the lobby of my apartment so anyone could take it. <laughs> like you do with the Pluto Nash stuff, or no? You bought whoa, them whoa, actually. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I have that. I still have that. <laughs> That's All never right. leaving. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we're we're done. Yeah. We're I'm gonna go back to reality. <laughs> <laughs>